Welcome to Kev and Kev Talking Sports. I am Kev. I am season three, Kev. Season three, Kev. What's up? Dude, this is exciting. We're finally getting to the meat of the meat of the thing here. This is exciting. Well, we are transitioning to season three for our loyal uh, listeners and, and now our loyal viewers on the live stream. Want yeah. to thank everybody that's been kind of keeping us afloat, but uh, hoping to keep on growing. And, you know, thanks to those who've been listening to us so far. We, we've put a bow on season two, yeah. which was kind of our summer free for all. Fun. Yeah, that was fun. Oh, yeah, it was definitely fun. Want to thank Paul for uh, his NBA analysis, which was great. <laughs> right. And thank uh, Andrew for his Major League Baseball analysis, which was great. And I'm sure yep. those guys will be back <laughs> maybe oh, yeah, sooner is. than expected. <laughs> Absolutely. But um, but now we are shifting to season three, which is uh, pretty much all NFL all the time. And for this uh, season, as we're calling it, this is going to be our divisional previews. We've got nine weeks. We're going to spend a week on each of the eight NFL divisions. And then we're going to have a fantasy football special mixed in there somewhere, Kev. That, yes. Kev, that'll be the Kevin, Kevin, Kev, hopefully. Oh, the three Kevs. The three Kevs. Uh, fantasy football. And then we will shift over into season four, which will be the actual NFL season. It's almost here, Kev. Yeah, no, I can taste it. It's good. Good times. Yeah. So we can actually start making some predictions about things. Yeah, there's just a few stragglers for free agency, but that's that's about it in NFL right now. That's exactly right. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of odd, but there are some and some pretty big names, you know, still out there without a home. But we'll we'll keep up with those developments as we go. So this is our first division breakdown uh, prediction mm. episode. We're looking at the AFC East. Ooh. So, Kev, I'm going to let me hand things over to you for the, the our, just kind of general thoughts, and then we'll start getting to our first team well the AFC East obviously the home of uh you know the dominant over the last two decades Patriots and now the team that has usurped them at the top of the division passed them by in the power rankings uh the Bills are universally thought of as the uh maybe a you know Super Bowl contender this year yeah so I just thought I have a few thoughts on them if you're ready for me to just found on my Bills sure research so I, I started with looking at the draft it's amazing how well they did for a team that is, you know, drafting at the bottom of the of the league. But they had all their picks. They didn't have any trades. They didn't have any, like some other teams, like the Rams, lost all their picks. Bills had uh, their number one pick. They got a cornerback from Florida, who's a super athletic, mm-hmm. tough guy, Kair Elam. And then they had James Cook in the second round, the running back from Georgia. So, you know, Dalvin's younger brother. Man, they got some value for sure. Uh, and they got a they got a tough linebacker from Baylor in the, in the third and. A wide, a super fast wide receiver in Boise State in the fourth. So they filled some needs. They got some guys, and then in free agency, man, Von Miller. What do you think? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Right. I mean, you add him and Elam to what was already, in some categories, the best defense in the league. And, I mean, it, and that, it's that's like, exactly right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a little crazy kept... to think you got one of the best teams in the NFL, and they clearly got better. I mean, they addressed needs and filled some weaknesses. So. I guess the question for them is what what's the limit? Right. There, yeah, there might be. I think it might just be a matter of this: some young guys gelling with the the vets. I mean, they did lose Cole Beasley. They lost Emmanuel Sanders. So 
and they picked up OJ Howard. I don't know what what he's going to bring to the table for them. They drafted a couple other wide receivers, so we'll see how the new guys fit in. They got Duke Johnson too, by the way. I don't know if mm-hmm. that that's a, I mean that's a beautiful little pickup there. But here's the thing: you you mentioned it. The defense is their is their bread and butter, right? McDermott is a defensive head coach. Uh, he's been to the Super Bowl as a defensive coordinator. Well, I guess he was the linebackers coach for the uh, Eagles back in 04 against the Patriots. They lost. He was the defensive coordinator for the Panthers in, oh, whatever year that was, 2009 or 10 with mm-hmm. with Cam. Cammy Cam. They lost that one too. So it means, I mean, he's, I think he's destined to be in a Super Bowl again as a head coach. And of course he might lose it again, but uh <laughs> Uh, but the Bills, you know, this might be their year. This 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 might be their year. And just real quick on McDermott, head coaching record in his five years. You know what he's how many wins he's got in his first five? Um, no, but I I would say like fifty ish, forty nine. Yeah, which is you know traditionally ten wins a year for a head coach is a very good. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, very good. So he is looking at being possibly an elite head coach if he keeps Josh Allen healthy for a while and keeps his yeah. defense in place, they're going to have, have some good stuff. Anyway, I don't have too much else to talk about the bills. I think everybody thinks they're going to be, you know, cream of the crop here. So I'm not yeah, telling I mean, you anything I, you don't know. I think for the bills, the, the two sort of question marks or, or hurdles or worries are, and you mentioned one is Josh Allen, you know, and if he stays healthy, mm-hmm. I don't know, they're, they're almost a lock, right? But he runs the ball a lot, and he has a very physical, aggressive kind of running style that I'm sure the coaches at times just hold their breath, you know, when he's trying to leap over guys and just plowing into tacklers. I mean, he's a big, strong guy, but nobody is immune in the NFL. I mean, the biggest and the strongest get hurt. And and I'm not by any means wishing it. I mean, I hope he goes forever because I think he's terrific, but that's one worry. I mean, if he goes down, it's a totally different story. Right. Right. And then the other one, I would frame this, I guess, just do they win the coin toss, <laughs> you know, uh, kind of luck of the draw in the playoffs. I mean, this was a team that literally was a coin toss away from the championship game a year ago. I mean, they're, they're already there, you know, talent wise yeah. and everything else. They just couldn't get over the hump in that one game against the chiefs. So do things kind of break their way in the playoffs? I think as we go through all these divisions, they're clearly one of the handful of elite, which one of those teams is going to, you know, have things break their way in the playoffs and make it to the Super Bowl. And I think the bills are, are on that short list. Yeah. And we'll see when it gets there. Yeah. Not a lot of disagreement there. So mm-hmm. anyway, that transitions me into my trivia question. You want a quick trivia question? Oh, absolutely. All right. I was looking at the, uh, you know, AFC East has Bill Belichick, of course. Oh, yeah. Third third all-time in head coaching wins. Mm. I'm sure you know who the top two are. Uh, well, Don Shula. Yeah, 328. Tom Landry. Landry's fourth. Landry, 250. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm missing one of those guys who hung around for 30 years. Well, there's another guy who's active, so. That's that's the one I was kind of going to ask you. Besides Belichick, who's the who's the winningest active head coach? Winningest meaning most wins. I'll give you I'll give you some other names while you're thinking. Pete Carroll is currently 152. He's not the answer. Mike Tomlin 154. He's not the answer. But both of those guys should pass Joe Gibbs and Bud Grant this year, and maybe even Mike Holmgren. Yeah, 
So there's a lot of guys in the 150 to 165 range. I don't know. But it's not coming to me. Andy Reid. Oh, yeah. Old Andy, Andy Reid is he's actually number five all time, 233 wins. He could get Landry in wow. probably next year, which is that's yeah. amazing. Well, he's racking them up lately. He's racking them up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, getting 12 a year, basically. Yeah, he's not slowing down by any means. But one, one of the big milestones this year will be Belichick getting his 300th if he has 10 wins. Mm-hmm. That could be one of those things that happens in the last day of the year, and you know that you know last week of the season. I mean, spoiler alert: he ain't getting that tenth win this year. <laughs> he might not. It might be one of those where they start next year with it. <laughs> oh Lord, they're going to have the champagne on ice for about four weeks yeah. at the end of the year. But, I mean, you think he needs thirty-eight wins to pass Shula, and that's probably four years out. Oh so. man, you think well, gonna we're we're going to talk about Belichick a little bit later in our. Uh, discussion here one of my big questions about him is kind of when does he start aging and slowing down and not winning as much you know he's 70 years old now maybe it's this year maybe not but i think at a certain point everybody starts losing their edge a little bit so that that's an interesting story but we'll get to the patriots yeah towards the end of of this episode i hear i hear a uh, a phone ringing we got a we got a guest hey we we might just well i think we need to call a guest should we call a guest Let's call it. Let's call it. Let's use a lifeline. We'll call a friend here. We need to call a friend. So listen, our next team we're going to talk about is the Dolphins, but uh, we we need to bring in our Dolphins expert and friend of the show, Paul. So let's let's ring up Paul to talk about the Dolphins. Paul, welcome back. How you doing? Thank you. I'm great. Glad to be here. Glad to talk a little football, a little Dolphins. Yeah, yeah. we're talking football. I mean, he earned he earned his keep. He uh, he nailed the NBA stuff. So here he is for the NFL. We we may have to just give yeah. him his own show. I mean, the NFL yeah. is a whole different kind of thing. It, in fairness, <laughs> yes, Paul, your your Any NBA predictions have been some of the most solid predictions <laughs> on our show. So I'll, I'll take care of that today. I'll take care of that today. Don't you worry. <laughs> well, yeah, the NFL I think is a little bit trickier to uh, predict, but. Why let's just turn things over to you for a second. You know, what do you think about the dolphins and uh, you know, big picture, what are your, what are your thoughts? So there's a lot of optimism, obviously in, in South Florida, uh, you know, the idea of a new head coach, maybe kind of getting some, even the, the coach himself isn't necessarily the, the great thing. It's just sort of thinking now, maybe we have something that's a little more permanent. That well, let's, not- let's name him. Who is it? Mike McDaniel has been, you know, he's been a coach for a bajillion of years, 25 years of experience. He's done a million different things. And, and he's actually added some former Dolphins, uh, Sam Madison, Patrick Sertain, Wes Welker. So the coaching staff, I think, is one that, you know, fans of the Dolphins are beginning to feel a little bit more comfortable with. But what may be most, you know, helpful to the idea is that there no longer appears to be this this sense of tanking, right? That the dolphins seem to be moving mm. in a direction that's positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's no longer this sensibility of, of you know, we're going to stockpile more draft capital or whatever. They've made some aggressive moves. They made some good moves. Uh, and they've, they've been, they have the advantage of being in a division that is, you know, very, very top heavy with the bills, but is winnable otherwise. And then with the, the scheduling, I think we'll see that the, they've caught a few breaks. So there's a huge amount of optimism. I think uh, one of the polls I read said about 80% of, of uh, Harold 
subscribers think the Dolphins will win between 10 and 12 games, which if it's on the upper end of that, that's a playoff spot. If it's on the lower end, it's a little bit more difficult. So there's a lot of optimism. Tyreek Hill by himself is going to sell a lot of tickets <laughs> and well, he should um, maybe the most electric player, uh, certainly catching the ball uh, in the league, how they got him is amazing. I, I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's a lot of wide receivers moved around this year, but the dolphins landing Tyreek Hill is, is a big get. And they added a lot to the running backs as well as the offensive line. So all of the holes that seem to be in the dolphins, you know, repertoire in the last few years seem to have been addressed now how well that works out and all that will be a big part of how they how they succeed but they seem to have finally gotten it together the team seems to the franchise seems to understand what winning is like again and that i think is a big part of the optimism so are they going to miss flores (laughs) i mean is that going to be a factor with the team like I don't think so. I mean, I, I think, players, that, I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's it, enough overturn that it's not going to be a big deal. And he wasn't there long enough to really generate. Okay. I mean, this isn't like a long, this isn't like Don Shula getting replaced or Tom Landry getting replaced. This is, this is somebody who was, you know, who was not well regarded in terms of uh, the media certainly did not care for him, but yeah. there were a lot of players who also did not like the way that he coached right that the 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 methodology and the the playing favorites and just he was he was not a good communicator that's by far the largest criticism that was left you know leveled against him was that he just was a poor communicator so mcdaniel is going to be better at that that's that's been the idea is that i think for whatever failures the the front office has had the idea of getting somebody who actually knows how to communicate again you get guys like wes welker patrick Sertain, sam madison players who were well respected in their playing days you know if they can be that that middle ground between what the coach is doing and what the players are seeing i think i think there's a lot of a lot of capital there that you build uh, and it can't be worse i mean by all accounts you know flores was just a terrible communicator and these are these are grown men these are professionals and and to be treated as something less than that i know was you know it's typically something that pro athletes don't like this is in college and so I think that will be a distinct advantage. And so the, the, for whatever value you want to place in the locker room being better, I just, I think that players will know where they stand a lot more, which is critical to success. You can't, you can't be good at what you do if you don't really have any sense of how your performance is being judged or how you're being you know, graded out from a, a day-to-day basis. So I think that will be an advantage. So some of that, I think you're probably hearing more of that kind of discussion from sort of the inside or if you're if you're attentive to dolphins oriented media from the outside and kevin i debated this when flores initially lost his job to me it was kind of a head-scratching move and obviously there was friction you know in the front office but this was a team that i thought exceeded expectations for both of the last two years and so it wasn't a team that to me was like crying out for a coaching change. So I just wonder, you know, is the kind of enthusiasm and optimism over a coaching change, does it really mean that big of a difference for this team? I mean, when I look at the Dolphins, for the, certainly for last year, I just think average. I mean, they're just average in every way. To, uh, I mean, you're talking about like the 15th rated quarterback in the you know. Average defense, average offense, average. Now they've made some moves, but when you look at the schedule and start breaking down wins and losses, I mean, how many more wins are we going to eke out of a schedule than 
what they did a year ago. Well, also average, I, I don't know. They got Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Mike Kosicki, and they added some offensive linemen. I mean, I think and yeah. two is like a 70% accuracy. He might be the most accurate quarterback in the league. So I don't know if that offense is going to be mediocre in any sense. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to put up a lot of points. Well, and I think uh, to your point, Spoon, I, I think the idea that there is, if it had just been a coaching change, I don't think there would be this sort of tectonic shift in, in, in uh, expectations, but it is, it is the shift in changing coaching staff, the adoption of a win mentality, as well as the moves that Kev hinted at. I think all of those things together is what's fueling a significant amount of this, you know, optimism. Also, the Patriots aren't what they used to be when they've mm-hmm. always traditionally been, you know, the the the, the Dolphins killer. So I, I I I agree in the sense that a coaching change in and of itself would not be the difference maker here. But but as that is one one level of change that has come to South Florida, I think more and more fans are feeling it and players you know, who knows what players think, but, but I think anytime players feel like they have been granted greater opportunity to be professionals and not feel like they have to guess at what's going on, I think that makes them more free to make, you know, good choices and be better players. And by all accounts, that's what the addition by subtraction with Greer has been is, or Flores rather has been, is that they are now no longer going to feel like they don't know what they're supposed to be doing. And that gives them the freedom to make mistakes without feeling like they're going to be benched or be, you know, attacked in the, in the media or, you know, backhanded things like that. And so I think that has been a big part of it. I think that the Tua issue is obviously going to, well, it's the NFL, so quarterbacks always, but, but even more so in Tua's case, where even in the South Florida media, there is this giant split between the Tua haters and the Tua lovers, you know, the, the former of which are just already assuming that he's, you know, they can't wait to tell you about, uh, about, you know, Herbert from uh, San Diego or about from Los Angeles and how he should have been the pick and they've already written Tua off. But then there are those who are seen as Tua apologists who are like, well, he's been sacked so many times. He's never had an offensive line and, you know, it, we'll never know his arm. So that, that is going to have to wait until September to, to sort itself out. That being said, the Dolphins have actually honestly done everything you can want them to do, right? You, you go out and you get a great pass receiver who, who can capitalize on what Kev said, the 70% accuracy. If you can hit Tyreek Hill over the middle in motion, eight yards becomes 18 yards or, you know, 20 yards becomes or, or 80 yards. Right. Exactly. And, <laughs> yeah. and Gusecki and, and, you know, the Dolphins historically have been, you know, a lot of, a lot of, you know, two personnel. Now they can maybe exceed that really kind of the unspoken sort of thing here has been has been the, the running game the dolphins were terrible in the run game last year like 28th in the league in terms of yards but they also rushed fewer than any any other team but they added chase edmonds they added raheem mostert those are two guys who can run and have great you know you know per carry averages that are pretty remarkable plus they can catch the ball which is going to be you know chase edmonds being able to catch the ball again how how much more effective do we know that makes Tyreek Hill? So, and the idea of getting Terry and Arm, Armstead is 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 Terry and Armstead is going to be the key to this, right? They've got him currently playing left tackle. He may play right tackle to to cover to us, but he's he's the guy, right? I mean, they paid a lot of money to get him from the Saints, and if he winds up anchoring that offensive line, then I I think that you're going to be able to see 
a significant advantage. And if Connor Williams, the guy they got from the Cowboys, can be a serviceable center, he's been a guard all his career, and he does get a lot of holding penalties, but if he can be the center that they think he's going to be, then that offensive line, which is filled with a bunch of first-round picks, suddenly becomes both run-worthy and pass-worthy. Then you got an offense that that can certainly, if not hang with the Bills, can certainly hang with the Jets and the Pats mm-hmm. and whoever else. So they've done everything they can do up to this point to make themselves better. The quarterback play is going to be the key part of it. And then the schedule they play in addition to the AFC East, they're going to play the NFC central and they're going to play the AFC central. Uh, they catch a break in the sense that they may be playing the Browns, depending on how that goes, they may be playing the Browns uh, without Deshaun Watson. Uh, mm. So that's a distinct advantage. You know, who knows what the Steelers are going to be. So they have, I, I looked at the schedule for whatever this is worth. I got six solid, no doubt, hundred percent, million percent Kev lock. Hundred million percent lock. <laughs> I mean, lock of the week. You know how those go in. Bet the <laughs> house. The whole wait, wait, wait. Week. Which which Kev said that? Yeah, we're, we're, we're betting a thousand on the hundred million percent locks. I don't recall. I don't think anybody does that. Anyway. that stuff. No. Um, so I got six of those, and if there's if there's four more wins in there, depending on you know a bunch of different things versus away then i think they're 10 and 7 and i think i think that maybe that may be stiff at the playoffs so I, I think there's a lot there i i'll be honest i'm not convinced about Tua yet i need yes. to see more consistency that's I mean, fair yeah so I, you know there's there's so many teams like this in the nfl but i think if you want to lean optimistically on the dolphins you can look at all those new additions that they've added around Tua and everywhere else that you've talked about and say, this is a team that's taken the next step, right? Sure. They were nine and eight a year ago. Let's just add two, three, four wins to that. And that will be the narrative <laughs> if that's what they do, right? That's, 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 that will, right. That that's will one, be, you know, that's they one narrative. Things, but, or, but I, yeah. you know, you can look at it and I, I kind of went back to last year's Dolphins and I feel like the nine and eight record was sort of fraudulent anyway. They cleaned up against just the dregs of the, the league, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, a, a number of those wins were against the worst teams in, in the NFL. And then they beat the Saints when they were completely depleted and they beat the Ravens without Lamar and a bunch of their guys. So they were maybe a six or seven win team in nine and eight clothing. So if you kind of take that and improve from that, where do they wind up this year? I mean, so my kind of perspective on the Dolphins is even if they're better than they were a year ago with these additions, are they ready to beat Buffalo, San Francisco on the road, the Chargers, Buffalo again, Green Bay? I think you're right. I think New England, I think those division games are big because if they can kind of get over the hump and beat New England, that could be the difference, you know, in your schedule between eight wins and 10 wins or something like that. And that's what much of the South Florida press has been suggesting is, you know, getting three out of four of the game, winning three out of four of the games between, you know, with the Dolphins, excuse me, with the Jets and the Patriots, that's going to be, that's going to be necessary to be a playoff team because the assumption is they'll get swept by the the Bills. And those other games in between are, you know, it depends on what's going on with those teams and what's happening. You know, they get the Packers, unfortunately for them, you know, later in the year when Christmas day. Right. Whatever, whatever Aaron Rodgers is going to have done with his receiving core, he's going to have figured out or whatever. So I, I just, I, it, to me, it's a 10 win team again. I just, I, I, I can't, I can't mm-hmm. see more than 10 unless weird, weird things happen. And they're clearly the second 
you know, at best, they're the second ranked team in the division. And I don't know that that's a playoff spot. I just, I, yeah. I, I like that they finally moved past Tank, Pertua and all that. I don't know that there's quite enough there yet. And I just, I don't, I don't know that two is the guy. I just, I, I mean, as a Dolphins fan for a long time, the quarterback play has always been frustrating. Uh, and I just, I don't know that, I don't know that he's at this point, whether or not he's got the physical gifts or not, I just don't know how much baggage there is, you know, mm -hmm. and is this a, a Baker Mayfield thing where, it, you know, it just, maybe it's time to go separate ways. I, I don't know. Uh, and, but I know that we'll know by, by November, right? Yeah. By by Thanksgiving. Well, and if things, if a few things go right for this team, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo has taken his team to Super Bowls and sure. conference championship games. So, you know, I don't think Tua necessarily needs to be great. No. I do wonder if he, this, this really will be the test, you know, like yeah. has he reached his ceiling or is there another level that hasn't been tapped into yet? He's got all the weapons around him now. Let's see what How, he can do. How's this for a comp? How's this for a comp? The Vikings. So the Dolphins remind me of the Vikings and Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Reminds me of Tua. Yeah. Right. They have they have all these weapons and all these things, and they're supposed to be good. And sometimes they perform brilliantly and have right. amazing games. You're like, oh, that's the guy. And then they just have dud games. So I mean, there's a lot and, of quarterbacks like that. And, but 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 they also what we haven't talked about so far is the defense, right? They don't have a defense like they've had in the three or four years previous, where they've been able to sort of count on that. They have a mediocre defense at best. They have a great secondary. I mean, it's a wonderful secondary. But if a team don't have to pass against them and can instead run, then it doesn't matter how great the secondary is because they're not, you know, they're not tackling. So you're you're saying bet the over in all the Dolphins games this year. I, yeah. I bet the over and and certainly if you can find anybody who's willing to let them you know run like wild on them whatever the over is in the number of yards rushed by their opponents i, I again take that too there's just okay. it, it it's a team that 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 does not have a dominant defense it, it, again it's a team that has some talent and it has made some upgrades but will they be able in the cauldron of the the afc east to be able to sort of make those jumps that they need to make. They don't turn the ball over a lot. Probably they're not going to get a lot of turnovers, but if two is not hitting the big plays that flash open, I don't know where this team scores enough to beat the bills. I don't know that they can score enough to beat the Patriots. I don't know that they're going to be able to score enough to beat the chargers. I mean, there's, there's, there's some talent there, but I don't know that there's more than 10 wins of talent there. All right. So you have them as a solid second place team. Yeah, I, I think they will take second in the division. I think that's that's to me is pretty good. But in the NFL today, is ten wins enough? We agree, but we agree on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you and I do anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I. Do you want to give your predictions for the for the uh, standings at the end of the season in the AFC East? Sure. Uh, I think probably the. I haven't looked at all the sketches. I, I would say that let's just call it 13 and four for the Bills as a, as a starting point. I'll say 10 and seven for the Dolphins. Uh, I'll say nine and eight for the Pats and six and 11 for the Jets. You're just copying last year's standing. <laughs> Is that what they were? I don't even know. <laughs> no, but that's what I was accused of. <laughs> oh. Now, I mean, I, I, I think there's at least a three game difference between the Bills and the Dolphins. And then after that, you know, the flotsam and jetsam. So to speak. Ah, very nice. <laughs> <See what I'm laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, there you go. I just, I mean, 
they're gonna the Dolphins are gonna lose two games they should win. They're gonna win two games that they should lose, but that's still gonna put them in the middle of the pack. And I don't, I don't, you know, I it's just it's not gonna be enough. And again, it's a team that clearly now wants to win, which is infinitely better than the sort of general manager induced or owner, perhaps, if you believe Flores, owner induced, you know, sentiment of failure. Uh, the tanking that that just nobody wants to see that it's just as a, as a as a as a fan of a what it used to be a proud franchise that doll, diabolical cycle of tanking is just it, it's hard to watch. All right, well there you have it. So now our prognosis on the Dolphins is much clearer than it was. And thank you again, Paul. Real quick, you you're from South Florida, is that correct? I grew up in South Florida. I came of age of my football years in south florida so you know i've been a dolphins fan for a long 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 time it's great to have you on for that reason because we want to have the local flavor and you know you pay attention the local media i'm sure even though you're not actually down there right now so you know what's going on more than you know we would so awesome that you're able to do it thank you yeah no my pleasure i'd love to talk i love to talk sports with you guys but football is it's going to be the thing now. This is it. Football is really cranking up. We're going to get a little break in the baseball season, but, but yeah, football baby. is going to be the all-consuming. Uh, and, and you know, that's good. Yep. We got nine weeks of division predictions, and then all the right. season gets cranked up. All right. I will be an attentive listener. I can't wait to hear what outrageous thing Kev says and how Stern <laughs> holds, <him. laughs> holds his feet to the fire. Don't, don't. All right. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, guys. All right. Well, thanks again, Paul. That was great information about the Dolphins. Kev, what'd you think about what old Paul had to say there? Well, I'll tell you what, Paul's been on point every time we bring him on. So <laughs> he predicted 10 and seven. So everybody bet your house on that. Yeah. So who are you to pick against yeah. Paul? You know, I think I, I differ with him a little bit, although we're, we're talking about a couple of games, right? And I think even yeah. Paul concedes, you know, there's they're going to win a couple that they're not expected to. They're going to lose a few along the way. So, you know, I think anything more than 10, you're starting to get into a major surprise, you know, and he, he predicted 10 and seven. I've got them at eight and nine. What, what was your number? You had, I had 10 and seven, just like he did. 10 and seven also. Um, Let me ask you this. I, I meant to ask Paul a, a trivia question about the dolphins, but I'll ask you instead. What was the last time the dolphins won a playoff game? Oh my gosh. It was probably in the nineties. Maybe. Was that right? Close early 2000. Well, they lost to the Jaguars in 2000 in that uh, 62 to seven game. So that was the last day for Marino and, and, and uh, Jimmy Johnson. I don't think they won one after that. So it had to be in the nineties, right? Was against the chargers. Maybe they, their last win was in 2000. Okay. Oh, they won the week before they played the Jags. That's yes. Uh, right. That's, so they okay. beat the Colts 23 to 17. That was December okay. 30th of 2000. Okay. Um, there's only one streak in the NFL longer than that. Ooh. You, you know what team that is? Got to be Detroit. It's the Lions. Yeah. 30 years for the Lions, but it's been now more than 20 for the Dolphins. So we'll see. Um yeah, if, if they can kind of get over the hump and, and Paul was not predicting that necessarily, but that's just something to keep an eye on for them. Yeah. 10 and seven could do it. Could do it. Yeah. Well, who's next in our little pot here? Are we looking at the jets? 
Yeah, let's do the Jets. You got you got some. You've been digging deep on the Jets, right? Well, we had some disagreement about the Jets, and uh, so just coming right out of the gate, I mean, they caught everybody's eye with their draft, and we even commented in our um, our post draft episode that uh, the way things broke down, I mean, they may have gotten the top cornerback, the top wide receiver. They got one of the best defensive linemen. They got an excellent tight end and the top running back in Brees Hall. Now that isn't to say that, you know, rookies are always going to come in and blow your doors off. And maybe one or two of those guys are a bust, but there are rookies who come in and make an impact, you know? And so I think they had an excellent draft. I think on the whole, their team is pretty solid anyway. Now, granted, their record over the last couple of seasons has not reflected it, but when you just go sort of position by position, and I'm not saying, you know, they're in the Bills realm by any means, but running backs are pretty solid. Wide receivers, pretty solid. Their offensive line actually is very solid. Defensive line, very good. Secondary, not bad. You know, and so I think it kind of comes back to the, the quarterback question how good is Zach Wilson you know and I think that's a theme once you get past the bills in this division you know how good is Tua for the Dolphins how good is Zach Wilson for the Jets how good is Mac Jones for the Patriots if Zach Wilson makes a jump in year two and we're going to be looking at him and we're going to be looking at Trevor Lawrence and other players like that you know how good will they be in that second year I think the Jets have a really solid supporting cast around him. And when you just look at the schedule and go week by week, and we did this in the live stream, for those who listened to the live stream, went game by game, (laughs) and we don't necessarily agree uh, going game by game, but there are winnable games in there, right? And I think that the bottom, let's say, five or six games of their schedule, I, I think most people would agree they can win those. I think you get into some of these mid-tier games, you know, can they beat maybe some of those AFC North teams? You know, they play Baltimore, Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Pittsburgh the first month. It's kind of weird that those are their first four games. Yeah. Do they win any of those games? You know, I think last year's Jets, that's 0-4. Can they go 1-3? and Can they go 2-2? and You know, can they beat Miami? Can they beat mm-hmm. New England? So, I'll tip my hand here, you know, in our live stream, we put up there, I've got the Jets going nine and eight this year. I mean, I I see a little bit of last year's Bengals in this team. Now, granted, is Zach Wilson, Joe Burrow? I don't think so. But, you know, if he can improve, I think there's a lot of good players on that team. There's talent on that team. And it's a fine line in the NFL, you know, between winning and losing some of those toss up games. So now, granted, this is an optimistic prediction, but I think, the NFL, there are always teams out there that go from worst to second. There are, you know, Cincinnati goes worst to first last year. So can the Jets make a jump, you know, from four and 13 to nine and eight? I'm saying it's possible. They're going to have to throw in a few upsets along the way, but um, I'm optimistic on the Jets. I mean, look, I was a little harsh on you on the live stream, but I was, you know, that was for the, the spectacle of it. And we had the chat going, so. I mean, basically, my thoughts on the Jets are, I don't believe it until I see it. You know, I'm, I'm content to keep, keep them at the four-win mark, which I think is consistent with how teams with that many rookies and that much talent actually operate. I mean, they, they are going to have to take their lumps before they meet success. Yeah. So that's just my, my general, I guess, view of how the NFL works. 
sometimes teams jump out of nowhere, but I don't think the Jets are going to be one of those teams. So mm-hmm. I'm going to well, stick with they the do four have to a, five wins. Yeah. They have a, a core of kind of veteran players to go along with. They have a lot of youth, right? And I think that's exciting, but you're right. That could also mean mm-hmm. maybe they're not quite ready. Maybe nine and eight is generous for this year. And maybe, you know, they get six or seven wins and then next year make that next kind of jump. Yeah, that 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 I could get behind, especially if they mm-hmm. show growth through the season. I mean, they did have a good finish last year, but yeah, new guys, new system, you know, so we'll see. Well, and it's kind of crazy because a team that had only four wins, I mean, it is the NFL, but they had a lot of close game. I mean, a lot of those losses, yeah. you know, they're within a touchdown. And if you can just kind of turn things a little bit in their favor, they're not a four win team. Maybe they're actually a five or six win team, you know, last year. But this is where, you know, my outlook differs a little bit with Paul. You know, I kind of let's replace one or two of those wins that he's giving to the Dolphins. And, uh, you know, I'm giving those to the Jets. And uh, that's the difference, you know, which team we have kind of ranked where. But let me ask you, I had another trivia question um, based on the Jets. And in the live stream, I asked, when was the last time they won a game in their division? (laughs) Which as it turned out was uh, three years ago or so in 2019, they beat both the dolphins and the bills in their division. So kind of a offshoot of that question. When was the last time the jets made the playoffs? Ooh, that's a good one. I feel like it was with, uh, Oh, what's his name? The quarterback, the butt fumble. Not, no, no, no. Oh God. Sanchez. Yeah. Sanchez led them to the playoffs, right? Oh yeah. Or Oh nine, something like that. 2010. 10, okay. They actually made the AFC championship game. They lost yeah. to the Steelers. I think they went back to back years of that. That was with back. Rex Ryan. Yeah. Yep. I think they did. So so it's been eleven seasons now. They, they so how many NFL teams have a longer playoff drought oh, than gosh. the Jets? They're not many. Um I'm sure the, the Lions, obviously, and the Dolphins, mm-hmm. obviously. Well, yeah, yeah. Huh? Maybe <laughs> wait, the, Jet, the Jets are the longest. Wait, the longest. Oh, without a win? No, just making the playoffs. Well, Detroit making, hasn't made the playoffs. Making the playoffs. So the Lions made the playoffs five seasons ago. Their their playoff drought is five years. Dolphins five years. Giants five years. Oh, okay. Broncos six years. Oh, I guess I was mixing up winning a playoff game. Okay, sorry. Yeah, right. Just making the playoffs. The Jets. So I'm not necessarily predicting them to break that streak, but I'm pretty optimistic on the Jets, you know, compared to, I guess, conventional wisdom. Okay. Yeah, you seem to be, which is fine. I'm not, I'm not going to disparage that. We all, we all have, I'm going to have a couple of long shots in other divisions. So, you know, you, you can take the Jets now. I'm sure we will. We all, yeah, we've all got to have our, uh, our kind of long shot picks. So can I give you a quick trivia question? Absolutely. So just name any and all teams that have ever been associated and affiliated and part of the AFC East. There, there are six total teams that have been in the AFC East. Dolphins, yeah. Jets, yeah. Bills, Patriots. Ooh, that's good. Good start. Uh, AFC East, the... Uh, There's one, one you should get, and one is like, oh, I didn't know that. The Colts. Colts were definitely, yes, that's one. So you got five. Jaguars? 
No. No. <laughs> the, the Houston Oilers from 1960 to 1963. Oh, Lord. Well, they're, they're not in the East. I know. Well, remember, but that's why I brought it up because remember how the divisions used to be just crazy. Like the Falcons yes. were in the West and <laughs> all kinds of crazy stuff. So, yeah, just makes no sense. But it was fun that way too. So, whatever. They should have just called the division something else, but that's the best. Whatever. Now they're exactly. aligned geographically better. Yeah. Anyway, that was a fun one. So what do we got left? The Patriots? We have the Patriots left. So you want to take the lead on this one? What's our uh, what's our outlook here? Uh, I mean, you know, I think consensus is they're going to be right around 500 again. Right? I mean, I guess, did they win 10 last year or 9? Um, I think they were 10 and 7. Ten, they were 10 and 7 last year. So I, I have them going to 8 and 9, losing a couple more games. And why is that? Because, I mean, man, the draft was just so bad, right? Yeah, what was up with that draft? I mean, so they drafted Cole Strange, that guard from that Tennessee Chattanooga. Chattanooga, I was going to say. So, I mean, I guess a lot of people say he's got a ton of upside, but I mean, they could have got him in the second round. So, yeah. Or even maybe the third, but whatever. They got him. They got the guy they wanted. They got a super fast wide receiver who a lot of people say they reached for him too. Yep. Then they went cornerback, cornerback, and then linebacker. So, I mean, they just, they focus on defense and they love those tweener guys that can do multiple things so they can have different defenses and you know that's where the strength of belichick is so they're never they're they're always going to be able to pick off weak teams with their superior schemes yeah right they're going to beat the jets they're going to beat panthers and they're going to beat all these other little teams the jaguars so i don't think they're ever going to be way below 500 but i just you know i'm not sold on uh mac jones and i don't really know that they have the wide receivers available to make him a better guy they did get uh Devontae parker though so yeah yeah i mean that that could be nice but is it enough i don't know they well, still got the two tight ends too so right and you know Devontae parker i mean that's kind of their biggest pickup of the offseason and so I, i'm really torn about the patriots because there's the part of me that says well this is this is who the patriots are and this is what they do you never really look at the Patriots and see a bunch of superstars that everybody knows their name. That's a good point. Very good point. It's always this kind of no name, but they just get the job done. Yeah. It feels like Belichick is just tinkering and you know, one year it might be just off, but one year they just go boof. Perfect. They're right. It's all dialed in. Yeah. But, but so that's one of my questions. I I feel like there's just too many question marks with the Patriots now. Right. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. of course, Belichick will prove me wrong and they'll be better than ever this year, right? They'll be challenging the bills for supremacy, but you know, Belichick himself is one question mark for me, right? So they've basically, he has no coordinators anymore. Like Belichick is kind of doing everything. You know, I'm okay with that, but I'm sure the coordinators, these guys all get hired elsewhere, right? So they're NFL head coaches on other teams now and they're all going away. So I just wonder, you know, does Belichick have quite the same edge? And then the draft, which you talked about. Now, again, maybe his genius is picking this kind of lesser known talent. One thing about the draft, you know, I kind of look back through these picks. It's a lot of guys from smaller schools, you know, mid-tier, Tennessee Chattanooga in the first round, Houston in the third round, South Dakota State, the running back, Pierre Strong in the fourth round, the quarterback from Western Kentucky. Listen, these guys could be great. They could be NFL superstars. It's just we don't know who they are. Right. I mean, it's funny. They just seem to be looking for gold, looking for diamonds in the rough all the yeah. time instead of we'll we'll see how it works out for them. But 
Right. I'm never going to just totally bag on Belichick. So no, you can't. Right. I'm I mean, being I'm being conservative at eight and nine. Yeah. Well, they, can, and then, they could go twelve and five. And then you talked about free agency. You know, they they don't make a big splash in free agency. So it's like okay. They didn't really pick up big name guys in the draft. They didn't really make much of a splash in free agency. They lost a, a, you know, a lot of guys off of their roster, like everybody does, but kind of more familiar names going away. And then you start to look at, all right, well, Paul has just told us the Dolphins are more optimistic. They're getting better. I'm sitting here talking about the Jets getting better. We're both talking about the Bills dominating. So, well. That's the beauty of the offseason. Everybody thinks everybody's better. <laughs> well, everybody thinks everybody's better, but I don't think the Patriots are better as my yeah, point. Yeah, I don't so either. You, I agree. You yeah, kind of right. start going down that schedule. I've actually got them at 7 and 10, and I mentioned this in the live stream just for a second too, but uh, I mean, honestly, you start just looking at it, they could win five, six. I mean, it's just, you can't put Belichick in that category. It's, it's unfathomable. Yeah. That they would yeah. lose that many games, but just talent for talent. I mean, they have a tough schedule. You know, they have a lot of their kind of mid tier gets. So they play Arizona on the road. They play Las Vegas on the road. They play Minnesota on the road, Cleveland on the road, Pittsburgh on the road. Well, these are games they should win, but when they're on the road, maybe they don't. And so I don't know. I, I have a feeling. So, you know, my feeling is kind of positive on the Jets. And my feeling is kind of negative on the Patriots. and he, But I know that so goes against the grain of the NFL for the last 15 years, <laughs> you know. Well, I'll go, I'll go out on a limb here. I mean, this, this is not a setup for a Kev apology because I'm, I'm not going to bet against <laughs> Bill Belichick. But uh, I really don't think they can win fewer than seven. Even though, I mean, I agree with you. You said five is a possibility but I just don't see it with Belichick. I think he's got yeah, his yeah. team too well coached, too well prepared. They're going to win games that they're close in. And then they're going to, you know, if they can win them all of those close games, they could have a really nice season. Yeah, sure. No, but, and I agree with you. That's kind of why I have them at seven, uh, yeah. seven and 10 in my prediction. But you, you yeah. look at some of those games. So I have them winning at Pittsburgh, uh, winning at Cleveland, winning at Minnesota, winning, uh, beating Miami at home. Some of those are, are losable games if the Patriots really don't pan out. Yeah. You know, so I'm predicting them now to win. Don't hold me to this when we get to those games necessarily, but, but it's kind of a leap of faith, you know, that Belichick yeah. is going to have them up to par. Yeah. Well, so, so we're kind of getting to some big picture reflections here. I mean, you want to wrap things up with, with yeah. broad predictions on the division. I've kind of given my records, but we can go back through things. What do you think? Yeah, I've, I mean, I'll just give mine right now, and then you give yours to sum it up. Is that yeah. good? Yeah. So I got I got Bills twelve and five. I think that's conservative. Okay. I, just, I think they're going to come off to a slow start. I got the Dolphins ten and seven. I'm you know that's my my team on the rise. I'm optimistic about them. I can't go worse than eight and nine for the Patriots, so they're third. Mm-hmm. And then I've got the Jets drag in the bottom again four and 13. I know that's a repeat of last year, but I <laughs> maybe I should give them six wins, but I. When I went through the schedule, I just looked at all the teams. Who are they going to beat? I, I just couldn't find any wins, you know. And listen, it's okay. I mean, they certainly could go four and 13 again. And it is a little tough because you look at a lot of the games that I'm sort of giving the Jets credit with a possible win 
well, they could easily lose. Yeah. I mean, all of this is, is kind of dependent on uh, improvement that, yeah, we haven't seen it yet, but that's the, that's the wonder of the NFL. I mean, there's going to be a couple teams that we're not anticipating, you know, that are going to sort of make that jump. So I, I'm my, my numbers, I've got the bills at 13 and four, they could beat anybody, you know? And so you look down that schedule. It's interesting because are they going to win that first game at, the Rams, you know, the first, that could be a Super Bowl preview. I have them losing it, but you know that they can beat anybody on that schedule. So 13 and four in the running for the Super Bowl. The Jets are my big kind of surprise pick in this division. I've got them at nine and eight. I readily concede they could do much worse than that. We've got mm-hmm. the Dolphins eight and nine. I mean, I said with Paul and, and in the live stream, I do think they're a better team. I don't know that it adds up to more wins on the schedule. And then I've got the Patriots uh, seven and 10, as I just mentioned, I really think it's the bills. And then those other three, it's kind of a toss up. I know you have the jets a little bit further down the, the slate, but um, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see those other three teams, you know, just shuffle the order, you know? Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. You're right. They're the, the other three could, anything could happen. All right. Well, that was good. And AFC yeah. East is in the bag. AFC East is in the bag. So next up is the NFC East next week. So uh, if if folks are still listening to this, join us for the live stream. That's Wednesdays at 8 p.m. K&K Picks on Twitch. And uh, we've had a lot of fun with that. We're still working out a few of the kinks, but uh, I think that that's going to be kind of a fun addition to our weekly routine. Yep, absolutely. Can't wait for next week. Yep. Sounds good. All right. Kev out. Kev out.